So today's podcast, we have Stephen King. He is the owner and CEO of Aloha Custom Builders. So a little background about him. He moved from Hawaii about two and a half years ago. And growing up in Hawaii, um, he actually went full-time into construction when he was 20 years old and stuck it out with the same company for 15 years and was able to grow with them to be the largest commercial and residential builder in Hawaii uh, to this day. And so moving here to Utah to about 2020, uh, middle of COVID, he was able to start his company, grew it from the ground up, and well, now he's done well over 120 basements, nearly 100 homes, um, being a custom home builder, and as well, he does basement finishes, remodels, um, bathroom remodels, kitchens, whatever you need with building, framing, finishing your home. And hopefully you guys enjoy his story and how he started his business and still thriving in this economy right now and just his mindset going through it and keeping his guys busy and keeping the company growing. And hopefully you guys enjoy. Thank you. I know. Well, let's get toward the, I don't know, you growing up. What, where are you from? I guess just do a little intro. Intro, intro. So, my name is Steven. Spelled with a V. Steven with a V. Um, I'm uh, from Hawaii, Honolulu, Oahu. Uh, actually from Waipahu. Um, so, uh, it's a little city in uh, the island of Oahu. And, um, yeah, we moved here to Utah about two years now, and been loving it ever since. Okay, cool. <laughs> Is that good? It's good, then. It's, it's or did you want me to go more into detail? Yeah, well, like, when you're growing up, like, I guess you come from a lot of siblings. Yeah, and... so growing up on the island, uh, we were raised by our grandparents. Um, we didn't grow up with a lot of wealth. We didn't grow up uh, with a silver spoon in our mouth. Uh, we grew up... Uh, you know, with uh, a mom that just worked hard to try and make ends meet and, and take care of us. My grandparents, I uh, give them all the credit. You know, they they helped to show us what it was like to work hard for things. My grandfather taking us to the farm, teaching us how to farm, and then more importantly, teaching us how, uh, how to take everything we have and give it. Mm. And I think those type of things were were uh, big factors in my life. What did you guys farm mainly? What did you guys grow? Oh, man, we grew everything um, from May breadfruit um, to tapioca to taro to ufi. Um, even my grandfather thought he could grow corn, and then we used to call it horse corn because uh, you needed, the bad you needed, corn. Uh, you needed teeth that were strong like a horse to uh, <laughs> eat the corn. But, uh, you know, there at the farm growing up, that's where I actually learned that you could eat the corn raw. You know, we were there. We didn't have much, we didn't have much food. And so we would go to the farm with like a, like a can of sardine or a can of corned beef. And uh, it was really just whatever we had is what we could eat. Man, you sound like you grew up in Tonga. Uh, it's pretty much like <laughs> the, the Tonga of Hawaii, man. 
You know, my grandfather didn't speak much English, and, and so even to catching the bus and everything. But uh, grateful for also my, my father um, raised all 10 of us kids. I have uh, six brothers, four sisters, and uh, I'm number four, and uh, you could say the middle child. What I look at is just another... So just there's three middles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so... <laughs> But no, I had uh, I had very good um, I had very good examples ahead of me, and I have very good uh, examples below me. How come uh, you didn't get into the farm business and uh, you went the oh, construction you know, route? In in our culture, you either learn one or the other. Um, or rock walls. One of our first <laughs> jobs, yeah, was actually <laughs> learning how to build a rock wall. And um, you can see I have all the muscle to lift the rock wall. So <laughs> my uh, my career time in that path didn't last very long. But, you know, just we uh, grew up on island learning. Like very, one of your very first jobs are like going and mixing the concrete. By hand? By hand. Oh, yeah. In the wheelbarrow. Uh, carrying the bags of concrete. You know, uh, just basically helping those that were the pros, feeding them the tools and everything that they need. Building the rock wall to uh, learning how to climb the tree and cut down the trees and the branches, then to pouring concrete sidewalks and learning how to break the concrete with just a sledgehammer and because we didn't have money to buy a jackhammer or a machine. Just you know, muscles and a hammer. Just all muscle, man. And again, I'm still looking for those muscles to come back, you know. But <laughs> no, it was good, man. Uh, working. Working when you don't have much money to buy things to help you accomplish the work teaches you how to work that much more harder. And so. Yeah, I remember me growing up, it's like when you're talking about the farm stuff, I'm just like, man, when we were at Donga, like we had our uta, or that's the bush, yeah. uh, our own little farmland. And uh, our main thing was watermelon, at least when I was born. Yeah, we had watermelon, but it didn't last because somebody would come and steal it before we could pick it. Yeah, that's a nice thing in Tonga. There's not too many people that would come. If somebody comes steals it, you already know who it you is. You already know There's who it is. There's only 20 people there. You know who killed your pig, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, you know who you know who killed your pig because your pig is screaming when he doesn't come back home at night. Yeah, I know. The farm is a... I think anybody who grows up on a farm, you, you, you learn a lot. You know, you learn hard work, but at the end of the day, you know, my grandfather, when somebody came to our house and said that they needed something, you know, because we didn't have money, we basically gave them the money value of crops. Yeah, so we just gave them some food. We gave them some food and, and, you know, and a lot of times we gave them the best pick of the food. And and so, but it's good. I'm happy that we did it. That's right. Well, you you growing up like, man, ten siblings. That's a, that's a full house right there. Yeah. I, I grew up with the thirteen, but it's like there's a big age gap. So mm-hmm. like the older one, especially being the middle one, you probably saw everybody was at home. Yeah. And so me being one of the younger ones, like the older ones were already already gone. Yeah, they're already yeah. gone. It's like they're old enough to be my parents, basically. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, true, right? They're the ones raising you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think that's a good good thing too. Let's like, like you're learning stuff from your your siblings and 
Yeah, so you know my older brothers, um, older brothers, older brother, he was a very good example to me. Um, very big shoes to um, to fill, and uh, especially in sports. Sports was huge in our family. Uh, my father always told us that uh, if you want to go to college, there's two ways, you know. You can either be very good in the books or you can be a very good athlete. And for me, I guess the books, I fell short, you know. But as far as picking up a ball and learning the sport, it wasn't hard for me, you know, especially with having older cousins and older brothers, Yeah. you know, then when you're the middle one, you benefit from it, you know, you get to play with the bigger guys and the older guys all the time, it only makes you more challenging. Yeah, and you like, learn from the those who come before you too, your older brothers. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. They kind of give you tips and tricks. Yeah, that's true. On how to hold the ball, how to run, when you see this, this happens. Do this, do that, and then sometimes you're just like, I don't want to listen to you, I want to be better yeah. than you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hold on, I just beat you in a wrestling Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can't beat me anymore. I'm in high school now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, transition, like who were you in high school? The... Uh, in high school, um, so I went to a school... That was like a rebuilding school for the football program. And, um, but at that school, my brother and sisters and my cousins all kind of set the bar high. You know, my brother helped to win their first state championships in sports. And um, so for me coming in, you know, the expectation level was high. Where did you go again? I uh, ended up going to Pro City High School. Pro City High School? Pro City High School, the Chargers, baby. My alma mater, oh. and um, yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, the football program was all right, and with all the new coaching and everybody, uh, the goal was to rebuild and make a new face for the team. And uh, got coached by some of the great Cliff LeBoy, Onasai Tanuvasa, Parsons Iosua, uh, Reed Elam. You know, the name goes on. People who who didn't have to come to that school and give to us little kids. But, uh, you know, it was good. I, I was an athlete in high school. I played soccer, played football, ran track. Um, I wasn't a bully. I don't think I was a bully. Well, yeah, you know, yeah I don't... I wasn't... Uh, were you in the, the scrap blank over there? You know, I was... Uh, you know, I was an okay person. I didn't have a lot of money. I was just... I was just the guy that went out there and played. And... Uh, no, it was good, man. I wasn't no prom king or something. <laughs> were you like the popular guy? Were you more uh, of the just athlete? And I think I was just the average guy. And I and I hope that uh, if I was something that I should have been better, I apologize to those that maybe I offended. <laughs> Put it that man, way. Man. And, and, and so, <laughs> but um, but no, high school, man, loved it. Don't don't uh, don't regret one thing. Oh, lived yeah. it up. Shoot, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't I, do anything too big to. I can't get in say trouble. the I can't say the seniors ahead of me are kind of upset, you know, because we did something bad for their senior day. <laughs> so, were you like the funny guy, kind of? Um, the jock in school or what? No, I wasn't really the jock. I was just. Uh, I guess you could say I was maybe a little funny. I didn't win any of those awards. I was just. Uh, I went to school to play sports, man. I had a dream. You know, I wanted to I wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to be on TV for college. And um, so I just worked hard every day. 
you know, and I, there was the girls and all this and that, but, uh, you know. Girl chaser? A girl chaser? I don't <laughs> know about that. I chased my wife, but she didn't want me, so <laughs> I backed away in high school, and so, but fortunate, she, she settled for less, and she came back. <laughs> Persistence. So, yes, persistence. You could see that. So, <laughs> okay. So, like, um, I don't know. Growing up, did you ever think like you'd have your own business or? You know, growing like up, I never did think I would have my own business. Um, growing up in construction, all I seen ahead of me was just the examples from all the older Italian people at church, and um, I just always seen them. They didn't have a lot, but they gave and they ran their business as if they were the richest men in the world. You know, they would always give everybody a job, even then. When some of us, we were worthless. You know, this the opportunity to to allow us to make some money and go through work. Um, Do you think that's like a, I feel like sometimes that's kind of like a... Culture thing? Double-edged sword. It has <laughs> culture too, but it's like you give so much, then it's... I think you can look at it that way, or you can just look at it as like, just give. If you give without expecting anything in return, you know, more will come back to you. But if you just give because you think that more is going to come to you, then you'll never be satisfied. And that's the difference, you know. Um, Another thing is my father always taught us loyalty. You know, he worked for a company for like 45 years. And he worked his way from, uh, from the bottom all the way to the top. And he just always told us, like, if you can put in the time to be good, you will be good. But if you learn every step along the way, it will make you that much better when you make it to the top. You will understand, you will appreciate, you will just have a better and a more clear understanding of how things are supposed to be ran. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I feel that. That's true. Yeah. So, most coaches are, you know, they like football coaches. They played at least high school and college. And oh no! Every guy in our church played NFL, you know. Or <laughs> supposedly, but was, uh, yeah, everybody played for the Cleveland they, Raiders. They uh, <laughs> televised. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Uh, I don't know what team they played for. You know, and um, I don't know you. you I guess now it's like you having your own business and I don't know, how, how many people do you guys have working for you? Uh, right now in the business, we have about a little over 30 people working in the business. Um, we had to, uh, things kind of slowed down, but you know, it's, it's every day, I think that's the biggest stress is making sure that there's work for the guys. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 more stressed about making sure that people can put food on the table for their family versus worrying about if we're going to have enough for my family. Oh, that's so you know, a good trait to have especially like you being as you know, the owner and the leader of the the company, it's like they they kind of look after like it's like, hey. Well, they depend on me. And you know, when I look at my guy, like I could say, I could tell you I have 30 workers, right? Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I need to put food on the table for about 70 people. Yeah. Because everybody has a family and everybody's family has kids. Everybody has a wife or they have cousins or nieces or nephews. 
very similar to how we grew up and and they're depending on me to land these jobs for them to 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 be the spokesman that people can trust us to get the job done mm-hmm. and so your focus mainly in utah utah county or i like to i try to stay close um obviously my philosophy with that is just because i want my workers to do a good job at work but at the same time i want them to do an even greater job at home yeah, you know, and so close and yeah, and so if we're st- if we're too far away from their house, you know, then it doesn't. I'm not helping them to succeed. Yeah. Um, no, makes a lot of sense, especially like about to work for a company. That yeah. At the end of the day, like the Ogden every day. At the end of the day, work is work, though. You know, if you gotta yeah, go, true. then you gotta go. But I obviously, talk to the guys and say, hey, this is the scenario. Um, who wants to go? You know, because yeah. you can't beg. You know, you got to be grateful for whatever jobs come to you. Mm-hmm. And like with us is like uh, best concrete is like that's the that's just kind of the way it worked. We started locally, just like Utah County, yeah. Salt Lake, whatever. Then all of a sudden, like we got these <clears throat> requests from like Heber, Park yeah. City. Then the, the last year and a half, we majority of all our stuff's been over there. Then we have like flat work over here in the in the valley. Uh, you know, it's just because the growth of the company comes from the success of the company. And yeah. so as the company grows to be more successful, the easiest, the, the best way for us to get our word out, our name out, is through word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess successful, like what, I guess when you break it down, like what does it, how do you define it or what does it mean to you? I think success for us is... Um, one, landing the job. Mm-hmm. That means that everything from bidding to all the pre-preparation and all that stuff went through. And we've, not only have we won the job, but we've double-checked and we make sure that it's actually going to be a profitable job. Yeah. Um, secondly, from there is um, actually delivering, delivering like a successful project to, to a homeowner or to the government or to the city. We need to work together through the whole time and communicate, and, and we need to be able to take in constructive constructive criticism. Yeah, you know that's the only, that will help us grow to realize things from somebody else's point of view, somebody else's eyes. Not get offended, put our pride aside, and just let it help. So as we grow, we'll be that much better in the next job. All right. When. I guess when you, how long have you guys been, like you've been in construction, how long? Um, man, I've been in construction since my uncle said that uh, <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> and I don't think I was much of a 18, help, but maybe, seven years old, maybe held the, the ladder or <laughs> maybe I grabbed the shovel and I got hit by the shovel. But uh, <laughs> uh, when we were in high school, we started learning like how to build rock walls and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was never great. I was never better than everybody else. But uh, I want to say I've been in construction from maybe when I was like 16 or 17 years old. Full time? Full time. I've been in construction since I was 20. Um, after high school and college and my injury and recovery, I uh, was blessed to land a job for the number one general contractor in Hawaii. And who at the time wasn't the number one. Mm-hmm. Um and there, uh, I learned 
from the bottom all the way to an executive level when I left after 15 years and uh, learned learned how to make the water, learned how to deliver the water, learned <laughs> learned how to to carry the drywall, to learning how to hang the drywall, to learning how to tape in mud, to then learning how to put in finish trim work, to painting, to everything internally, even down to reading the blueprints, and then going outside and learning. Yeah, from the, I guess, the vision of the blueprints to the actual, when you apply it and start Oh, yeah. Every, every, every step that. that you can think of, even... You know, we started off learning how to build small things, installing windows, to building hospitals, to building bridges over the mountain, to now the company's doing high-rises and, and barracks and, yeah, man, you name it, we've, I've done it and just very blessed and fortunate to have had the opportunity to, to go through all those steps and to be able to do it. Yeah, when you breaking off, like, shoot, you know, you came to Utah, leave Hawaii, like, when you break off, like you said, you're in a pretty high spot, like, what made you want to leap, take the leap, do your own thing, or? Um, you know, we always kind of worked a side job in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and, and just to make extra cash and things like that, and, and, and I think there is where I've actually learned to better myself at my full-time job. You then learn what is the importance of any every penny and every minute of when you're working. Mm-hmm. And the faster and the more efficient that you work on the side, the more money in your pocket. But yeah. if you do that on a big scale for a big company, the more money in their pocket. And I just realized that if I can be able to do that on a smaller scale, what makes me not think that I can do it on my own? And... Um, I obviously had very good guidance and very good teachings when I was working at that company that helped to structure and, and, and facilitate who I am now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, when I left, I was at an executive level and it, it was hard. You know, I, I, I don't think much of anybody else would do what I did. No, because it's like... And I was... Getting paid pretty good, I bet. Yeah, getting paid, very, wages get and, paid very well. Um, I love what I'm doing. You know, I had, had had it had it set there, had it made. No reason to want to leave, but just you know, we had to make a decision. Am I going to continue to grow people at work, or am I going to continue to, or am I going to now grow my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, have it's a really. Balancing that time where it's like... Balancing, yeah. And and so being here in Utah, I've been able to do that and been able to go back to church full time with my callings and accept callings and faithfully serve in the callings and... Yeah, well, like, knowing you, it's like... I guess how has religion or whatever just... Your faith played a part in, I guess, your moves? Uh... Making moves in business and life. I think for me with my faith, um, and it's not so much just my f- with the religion that I believe in. I think my faith in our Savior, it just gives me comfort when things don't go right. When people make mistakes on the job site, 
Mm-hmm. And like, so, oh, what would Jesus do? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, what would Jesus do? Uh, tables. <laughs> I see Jesus do some stuff in the temple. <laughs> no, but uh, I think for me, it just it just helps me to to give me comfort, to reassurance. Like it's all right. You know, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we didn't get that job because Heavenly Father knew that it wasn't for us. And maybe the other guy who bid it, he needed it more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. It's helped me to understand that it's not always about us, you know. And if it falls yeah. into his plan, then we will fall into it. So there's some times, though, you know, like you growing up in sports, you'd be like, man, I should have gotten that job. You know, the competitive side comes out, you know. It, it does, it does, but, you know, that's all part of faith now, right? Uh-huh. You, you understanding that it's not in our control mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, and... and yeah, that's really helped me since I've been here in Utah. And I'm just one of the other blessings of, of having faith and, and making the leap. And yeah. so. Coming here too, because like, you're leaving, you left Hawaii, come start a business in another state. Like, how was that process of building? Uh, it was difficult, getting man. Getting connections, finding people, workers, getting, you know, all the relationships that being a contractor, especially if, like, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people working with. And yeah, it was hard. I'll be honest with you, like, um, I was nervous. I was scared. I knocked doors for the first time in my life, asking people if they would have, take a chance, you know, with us. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, just, just that in itself, we got blessed to do a Relief Society president's um, house, and we did a very good job. And she blessed us with like six to seven jobs from just that one job. And she didn't know us, yeah. you know, but she just said, hey, you know what? I want to give you guys a shot. And then, you know, I, I'll never forget that. It, it's a reminder to me that everybody needs a chance to start. Yeah. How was that landing that first? Was she the first customer? Or? I think I've never bid a job that cheap in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it because I knew the company needed something to just get on board. Yeah, get the and, ball and, rolling. And making money wasn't more important than just getting our name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously helped by, uh, we we bought this house and we remodeled this whole home and uh, helped me to, to define who we could use within the crew. Um, and then from there, we were blessed, and we met people here, some family, some cousins that helped out a lot, helping us get our name out there, helping us give us opportunities if they had some work. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that happen here that I'm very grateful for, and, and I'll never forget, you know, if they ever call me for help, definitely help them. Yeah, well, that's good. It seems like you have more of like a abundance mindset and always willing to help because it's like there's always like work if you're willing to go find it oh yeah there's always Especially work if you're willing to go knock doors I, I don't I didn't say I was willing you know I well, just said I had to knock the <laughs> yeah. door I don't know if I'll continue to knock the doors you know but at the end of the day yeah man I, I you have kids and you gotta provide yeah that's shoot that's how I started was Started pest control sales, knocking doors. Right. Then uh, I didn't get paid my full uh, back end part of it. And so I'm just like, you know what? I can do pest control. Yeah. 
And there's like the whole learning curve too, where it's like I started with like a little spray can, mm-hmm. and I was like, ah, I think this is good. So then they'll call me like two days, a couple of days later, and be like, Hey, none of that worked. <laughs> like <laughs> hey, losing class. All the stuff you did is not working. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like, hold on, let me look. Let me do this. Like, and I started looking for other companies. Wrote wrote along with like Terminex. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote along with uh, even local guys. See what they use, what chemicals, yeah. and like yeah. So definitely, I had to learn all those things. Um, in Hawaii, we don't have snow, so like the new codes. Oh yeah. And all those things I, I had to learn and encounter, but um, you know it's it's when you just do the work, it's the same. Mm-hmm. But it's just how you apply it and when you do it changes based upon where you are. You know, and, and maybe you do a little more of this or a little more of that. And, and so, but uh, no, it's been a good experience. I'm, I'm happy we took the leap and, and I'm happy that we went through those struggles in the beginning because it makes, it reminds me to not only help people when they're starting, but it also reminds me that everyone struggles. Everyone has to start at some point. And even when you make it there, or you thought you made it there, you'll never forget how it felt when you had to first start. Oh, yeah. And so, so yeah, true. Like, I built my company up, sold it, and now I'm restarting. It's like, oh. Yeah. But it's like, since I've done it, it's I like know It's like having a new baby again. again, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. Forget, forget the noise. Learn how to walk, and now you got to live with the tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm so tired all the time. Because being... Also, like being a builder, because what, I guess what, I guess have, I'll just have you explain it. Like, what do you do? Um, like, so, focus? when you're a builder, um, you know, there's two types of builders. There's people who do contracting, and there's people who do, who are a contractor. And so, contracting is basically somebody who's a general and he just has people come and do all these things mm-hmm. and he just lets everybody else do the work and then he kind of does a he takes a cut you know at the end of the day yeah as far as us with con- being a contractor we try to in-house and self-perform most of the work as possible so that way we can help to control like quality help to control efficiency and all those type of things but uh more importantly like People in my company won't be stepping and doing things if they don't know how to do it or fix it with their hands. Yeah. And so to me, that's just, that's where things are very personal and, and to where I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Are you more like you hire expert or hire someone experienced and have them do it or would you? You know, that's, all, like that's always the easiest, training? it's always yeah. the easiest way to do things, but um it's a little bit more expensive too. It's a little bit more expensive, but you know, you pay for what you get. Um, but with me, I'm never afraid to train somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you want greatness, you will put in the time to train people. And regardless if they leave or not, that amount of time that they were there helping you, working with you, because you put in the same amount of effort and time into them, they will, they will then put that same outcome into the work. And if they leave to do better and bigger things, be happy for them. You know, don't, don't, where, where did they learn that? They learned that from ourselves, from us. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, somebody taught me. 
somebody taught the person that taught me. You know, that, that's the cycle of life and how it should be. If, if people want to grow and be better, help them. You yeah. know, don't, don't hold their hand the whole way, mm-hmm. but, but help them to where they can. And if they're not ready to go on their own or ready to do those things, tell them. You know, because there's a lot of people yeah. who, who think they can and everybody wants to get rich quick and all this and that. But Everybody wants their own business. Yeah, everybody wants to own your own business, but my best advice is go through the steps. Yeah. Learn what it takes. Learn how to fix these things before you go ahead and start contracting them out to get done. Because when, when, uh, when things hit the fan... You ain't, gonna, you ain't gonna be, you ain't gonna be able, when when beep hits the fan <laughs> you ain't gonna be able to fix it because you don't have no expertise and people who are great are great because they made mistakes and because they made mistakes they were able to figure out solutions of how to fix the mistakes yeah yeah things go wrong starts a fire you know how to put out the yeah. fire <laughs> if if it was so simple as just being able to look at a paper and do the work then everybody could be doing it yeah it's the and so, like, doing that, too, like, I guess, I guess what's your, like, goals, future? How long do you want to be a builder? Or? Um, to be a builder? Shoot, man. I didn't even know I wanted to be a builder. Um, you just knew you man, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I just knew I loved construction. And I feel like when you love something, yeah, you should do it. And if you're good at it, continue to do it. And help people else, help others that want to become where you are, help them out. You know, um, I don't know how long I want to be a builder. But all I know is that as long as I'm doing it, I'm going to try my best. And with the open understanding that every day I'm going to learn. Every day you can learn. Every day I can learn from my workers. Every day I can learn from people around me, from homeowners. There's many ways how to cook chicken. So the more ways that I can learn how to do it the better equipped and the better I'm going to be. Um, and so... Well, like, what do you do to, I guess, you read books, you watch some <clears throat> videos, or Bob the Builder? Do I read books? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should be reading more of this one book, but, you know, it's been so busy. No, I've just been... Uh, one, I never forget... I never forget where I came from. And I never forget the trials and struggles that I've been through. I never forget the times of when shit hit the fan and I made mistakes and how hard it was to get out of those mistakes. I never forget the days that were pouring 300 yards of concrete and the brothers next to me, everybody's dying. And what it took to, to make sure to get that done. I never forget what it took when I was hanging off the side of the roof, you know, and just doing what I'm told versus doing what I wanted, you know. And as long as I continue to remind myself of that and I continue to remind myself that things could be so much more worse, but yet. The things that I do have, I've just been undeservingly blessed. Those are the reminders to me 
of why every day I need to go out and continue to hunt down work. Because everybody else that works for me is doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and like keeping yourself humble. I guess that's always a quick way is uh, like too much. I guess <clears throat> when you compare, that's when you lose. <clears throat> it's like you kind of get frustrated. Like what's like, oh, you look up or you look somebody that's like, oh, I wish I was at this spot. But it's like, but when you look at yourself, like, I, I find myself doing that a lot. I'll be like, man, I wish I had this. Or like, yeah. Oh, I had a nicer truck or I had a big truck like that, you know? <laughs> or, uh, like, man, I wonder how it feels to drive a Lambo or <laughs> Yeah. But then it's like me comparing myself to me, like how far I came. And it's like, oh, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. Like growing up. Single yeah. mom, like, 13 kids, yeah, fighting over one bathroom, getting ready for school, getting ready for church. <laughs> Only one full bathroom? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Somebody save me toothpaste. Oh, yeah. It's more like the hot water. Oh. You're like, oh, man, I know i got to prepare the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody boil more water? Yeah. yeah no, it's uh, keeping yourself humble is, is on you. At times we do fall victim of like wanting more, but there's nothing wrong with not being complacent. Complacency is an act of, of laziness in my eyes. Mm -hmm. When you are complacent, you will never reach your full potential of who Heavenly Father wants you to be. And like you, like, like uh, yeah, progression. I, I guess it's always a thing that's it sucks on those days or or week maybe. It's like man, I don't think I we uh, progressed at all. <laughs> or it feels like um, or you find yourself doing things. It's like oh man, I should, doing things over and over. It feels like like a hamster wheel, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess you you. Um, I guess what what do you look for in people like bringing in to hire or, or I look for somebody who's willing to listen, somebody who's gonna be on time. How do you determine like that in advance through like an interview or? A... No, so what I try to do is like when people first come around, I'll try to be around them heavily for the first week. Mm -hmm. There's like a seven day grace period. So you just you know I'll believe every I'll believe <laughs> everything you want to tell me in the beginning. You know you How's can, the new guy? <laughs> you can say all these things about how great you are and this and that, but um, <clears throat> there's a saying uh, you uh, you can sell ice to an Eskimo, you know, but mm -hmm. you ain't gonna sell ice to me. <laughs> you know I've I've been in this industry long enough to where. In a week, I can I can see what you're really worth, you know. Said a Hawaiian. I never heard that saying. I've always thought like, oh, yeah. he can sell ice like a to an Eskimo. Yeah, well, you know, it's, there was another saying that my uncle says, and I don't know if I should say it, but you know, he says, you can't bullshit the bullshitter, you know. <laughs> and so, and so for me, it's like, uh, you know, this is this is my career, you know, mm -hmm. this is what I've been dug into for how long and so 
I give anybody the benefit of the doubt, but if if you can't show me something in seven days, then maybe you're just not cut out for what you're saying you are, but that doesn't mean that you ha can't have a future in construction. Mm -hmm. You know, because that just tells me at the end of the day that I then need to know that you're at this level, but if I put that much more time into you, where will you be in six months, in one year? And and that's why I'm never afraid to train somebody and give them the guidance and things like that. And, and um, a lot of it is, are you providing your workers with the tools that they need to be successful? Yeah, having accountability on their, yeah. or their are, learning. Are you telling them to go and... Are you telling them to go build a house, but you only give them a four-foot ladder? You know, or are you equipping them with something a little bit better that can help them get there? And uh, you know, and and so there, there's a lot that goes into it, into hiring somebody. But you should be able to give anybody a chance. Don't look at their past. You know, look look at look at what you see when you meet them. Yeah, past whether <clears throat> it's good or bad. Yeah, everybody's no, that. nobody's perfect, man. If, if, yeah. You know, if, if you looked at my past, you'd probably say, no way that guy's going to work construction. Oh, what was, uh, speaking of past, like, what was your GPA in high school? GPA? Oh, man, I had like a 3.2. Oh, dude, that's pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, <clears throat> I don't think school was that hard either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I barely, I got like a 3.4 or something. I don't think high school was I, that I hard. I try to make honors, I'm like... Oh, man, I'm only 0.5 or 0 0.05 off. No, I was an honor in my own head, you know. <laughs> it, it was an honor for me to be in that class. It's an honor for me to yeah. be with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess for like, leaders, too, like when hiring, working with people, like partners, stuff like that. Like, um, As far as leaders, so I have a bunch of supervisors. And um, for me, the best attribute of a leader is somebody who leads by an example. You're not telling somebody to go. There's three things that need to be done. And of those three things, two of them are easy and one of them are hard. A true leader would take on the hardest task. And he would leave the easy stuff for the other guys. And the reason being is because he knows that if that's the hardest thing, then you need somebody with the with the most seasoned experience to be on top of that task. Yeah. And usually, after, the hardest thing is the more important thing. Anyway. Yeah, but not only that, you you got to look at it, and and time is money. You know, but but the leader of a war didn't stand behind everybody, right? In the olden times, mm -hmm. the strongest, fiercest leader stood in the front and led everybody. And, and so that's just, maybe times change now, but not for me. The leader is in yeah. the front leading by the example. Usually that's, that's the, back in the day, that's the king too. Hey, you know. Or the leader of the tribe. And when the back. king stays back and doesn't go to war, that's when trouble and problems happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot, I guess, uh, I don't know, um, where would... Uh, people be able to reach out to you? And what's your website? Um, so our website, um, you can look us up on Google at Aloha Custom Builders, mm -hmm. um, Utah. 
Um, phone number is 808-450-8362. Um, we are located here in Vineyard area, but again, we'll go wherever the work calls, man. You know, uh, we try to stay in this county, but we're grateful for whatever work there is. Um, our website, I believe it's www.alohacustombuilders.com. Um, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But if, <laughs> but if you look up our name, we have that there. We have an Instagram page. We have a Facebook page and, uh, you know, well, well kept and well maintained by, oh, by, oh. Our, our, by our brothers, our brother companies. <laughs> and so I think it's uh, Bull Media. Bull Media? Bull Media. Send a shout out to them, man. They've been, they've been killing it. And um, yeah, man, just call me. Again, my name is Steven. People, some people call me Venny. It's my Tongan name. Steven uh, Mauna Loa Peao Unga King. Named after my grandfather, and so shout out to him in heaven. When um, uh, when are we open? Your, you can call us anytime. Uh, open open twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Leave a message. Leave a message. <laughs> if I don't call you back till the next day, don't get offended. You can just call again. <laughs> <laughs> no seriously. All right, I think that's good. Cool. Sounds good. We out. All right.